How's it going, everyone? Got the Wiz and Guru back. How you doing there, Guru? Good morning, Wiz. What's happening? Yeah, not too much. Uh, yeah, so getting ready. Uh, and we're going to talk about the AFC North today. Uh, we're going to break down. Uh, we're going to break it down. Uh, our, the free agent signings, rookie draft, and uh, and. Uh, an existing roster, how that all meshes together for the upcoming season. Uh, rem- quick reminder that you could reach out to us at uh, guru and whiz at gmail.com and, uh, and email us your suggestions, ideas, comments, segments, or podcasts you'd like to hear about and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and take it from there. So we're going to start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, go ahead. Uh, how do you think uh, – the outlook for the Steelers' upcoming season in regards to fantasy football looks this year. All right, so so the Steelers didn't have a first-round pick, so they had to wait a while before they took a draft pick, but Minka Fitzpatrick looks like he was very much worth that first-round pick. He added a different dimension to an already solid defense. Um, but they went with an interesting player. My buddy my buddy Anthony, is, uh, his daughter is at Notre Dame, and he gets out there to watch some games. I had the good fortune to watch a number of those games on television this year, and, and Chase Claypool was an impressive figure for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this year. He impressed even more at the Combine. And it'll be interesting to see how they use that player. I was listening to an interview with Kevin Colbert, who's their GM. You know, they envision him as a down-the-field guy. I know you have some different thoughts about that. Uh, he's an imposing figure. But I think, look, Ben Roethlisberger is coming back from a challenging injury. But he did have over 5,000-yard passing yards in 2018. Now, granted, Antonio Brown is no longer a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, Juju needs needs some help. He's not a, you know, we've talked a little bit about that player. They have some young receivers in Deontay Johnson and, and, and James Washington, who at times had some very solid games last year. And they made one big signing in the offseason at, at tight end, uh, meat hands uh, Eric Ebron, who once in a while shows up and once in a while he doesn't. So hopefully the right one shows up this year. Um, I think the one other thing they did, Mike Tomlin's kid goes to Maryland. And, you know, they, they did dip into that pool with a couple of players. Uh, Anthony McFarland at running back. Quick guy, a little bit of an injury issue in 2018. But, you know, I think there's some belief that this player can add a different dimension to a questionable situation in that James Conner, Trouble staying on the field last year with that shoulder uh, and definitely not worthy of the draft position that he went into the 2019 season with after his breakthrough season in 2018. Well, uh, I think, uh, you know, with Chase Claypool, I see one of two ways. I either see them using him as a wide receiver in preparation for not re-signing uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to a second contract, which already has been talked about. I saw a few people comment on that. that doesn't look like the Steelers want to pay him. So if that's the case, then I could definitely see them grooming him as a wide receiver. Uh, I feel personally that Chase Claypool will be an okay wide receiver. I think 
his best asset is his speed and size, blocking ability, and I think if they could utilize him and figure out a way to use him as a tight end, a position that they just could use so badly to get some production athletic ability from, I think that's where that play can really shine. Um, so we'll see how what they use Claypool. Uh, it could figure into a business thing, what they're going to do with Juju. But I think uh, you'll see Claypool lined up a tight end and certainly in the inside there and uh, try and match him up against linebackers and, and safeties. Uh, Anthony McFarlane um, is a player when Steeler fans watch him play. You're going to be reminded of actually another former Steeler, Willie Parker. He has some of that uh, in him. He kind of reminds you of that player with his quickness. Uh, if he could stay on the field, I think he'll be a wonderful compliment to um, to to Connor. I don't necessarily think that Pittsburgh loves any of their other running backs. Uh, they use some high picks. They wait, you know, they took Snell last year with an early pick. So yeah, he wasn't uh, he wasn't I, very impressive. He wasn't very. I impressive. think I think they're kind of they're, they're kind of in flux. I think a little bit with their with their with their running backs. So I, I think if they could get more production out of Connor, he could stay on the field. I think a nice combination could be um, with McFarlane as well. Uh, let's move along to a team that I think had a tremendous draft, the Cleveland Browns coaching change, a lot of moving parts going on with Cleveland. I'll let you talk first about them. Uh, what do you think um, the outlook uh, is for the Cleveland Browns this season? Well, we know they were run very poorly last year. I joked around that Freddie Kitchens, uh, I thought he belonged on a bass fishing boat rather than on an NFL sidelines. And, and that really showed there was a lot of preseason hype for the Browns last year. It was very palpable. People talking about all kinds of double-digit win predictions and stuff like that. It, it never came to fruition, and Freddie Kitchens is gone. He actually managed to find himself as a tight ends coach for the Giants, uh, so well, that's probably a better-suited spot for him. But Kevin Stefanski comes in. I know you have a lot of familiarity with that coach. Uh, you know, he employed a system in, in Minnesota, which should be beneficial to this very dynamic backfield of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think, you know, so you talk about adding a dimension to your team and an offensive lineman is where they went with their first pick in Jedrick Wills. And I think when you, when you look at building a foundation in your team, offensive line is where to start. You know, Baker Mayfield was under pressure a lot last year, bad decisions left and right. Uh, he's got to be, he's got to play a lot better. Uh, and hopefully that's the case. I really am interested in, 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 one guy who they did draft, even though they're very deep at this position, uh, with Njuku uh, and having signed um, Austin Hooper from from the Falcons last year. But Harrison Bryant, you know, Charlie Weiss talks about this kid all the time. His 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 son coached him in college. He was the Mackey Award winner. He's a very different player. He's an athletic guy. He's played a lot of different positions in his career, not in college, but in high school, very athletic, and I think could add a very big dimension here uh, to this team. The last pick that they took is Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I know you have some strong views on, on what that guy did. So look, this team should be run around those two running backs. I have seen a lot of folks talking about Nick's Chubb, Nick Chubb's production dropping when Kareem Hunt came off suspension. If you look at the stats, that is not evident at all. His touches were pretty s similar. 
His production was similar. This is a player that ran for almost 1,500 yards last year. If you divide up the season from when Hunt came back and when he was without Hunt, very similar production. And I expect to continue this team to those running backs to carry this team in the 2020 season. Yeah, I don't think uh, Kareem Hunt got in Nick Chubb's way. I don't even think any defenders got in Nick Chubb's way. He absolutely destroyed the Ravens' defense and the Patriots' defense. The only thing that got in Nick Chubb's way was Freddie Kitchens with his horrific play calling. That's not going to happen this year. Um, I love Nick Chubb. Uh, I, I, I just love the player. I love how humble he is. Uh, I just love everything about him. Um, he, he's terrific. Hunt, is as long as he can maintain, he's had already off-the-field issues since last season. Uh, if he can, you know, maintain and stay, you know, keep his act together, he'll, he'll, he'll be a good complement and certainly be a fantasy factor in his own right. Um, drafting the linemen. Uh, from Alabama is helpful as well towards that running game. Uh, you know, as far as depth at tight end goes, I've seen enough in the Joker already. I've just, I've just seen enough of him. Um, he's, he's okay. I think he's. This will be his last season with the Browns. Uh, Hooper gives them an interesting dynamic, a real red zone threat. I think that's his specialty. Um, so I, I think he'll help Baker Mayfield in that. But I, I really like Harrison Bryant. He can do things that the other, other two tight ends cannot do. He can catch the ball. He can he can do things after he catches the ball. Uh, Baker Mayfield runs a lot of plays where, the, where he just leaves the pocket, the play breaks down. That's where Harrison Bryant really excels, getting open after plays breaking down, using athletic ability. He's much better at it even right now than either Hooper on a Joku. That player is someone to keep an eye on. Once again, another young tight end. There's lots of them this year. Keep an eye on. Um, in terms of fantasy perspective, you know, there's going to be a lot of tight ends that people are going to hit the jackpot with, and Harrison Bryant may be one of them. Donovan Peoples Jones uh, is going to rely on some people of the old days with Joshua Cribbs. Tremendous in the return game. And Michigan's passing game has been so horrible since Jim Harbaugh has taken over. They want to run the ball every single play. It's really tough for, for people who watch college football to gauge how good these wide receivers are because of how poor the passing game has been in Michigan since Harbaugh took over. The quarterback play has been inconsistent and bad. I like what I see out of Donald Peoples-Jones. He could be a sleeper, uh, someone to keep an eye on, uh, not only in the kick return, but he could give them some depth at wide receiver, athletic guy as well. So I'm loving what Cleveland did this year. And uh, you know, I, I think with the new coaching staff, they may start actually living up to some expectations. Yeah, and I know they have some um, they have some mercurial personalities. Uh, we didn't mention OBJ, and we, he had a very disappointing season last year. He's already talking about big things for this year. Landry was the more solid of the two and the more consistent of the, of, of the performance, but he's coming off of a off-season surgery. But they're two talented players, and I think Stefanski has some familiarity was working with a talented backfield like he did in Minnesota and really good receivers like a Diggs and a Thielen. So hopefully he can make this work. Um, I know OBJ has been mentioned in some trade rumors as well. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, I don't expect that, but you know, this, this team has the weapons to succeed for sure. 
Well, they do. OBJ has got to start playing better. Enough of his talk. We understand how you know how how clever he is and all those things he says and his taunting and his fighting and all of that nonsense. But he just has to be a better wide receiver. Uh, he talks like some of these guys, but he doesn't play like DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones. And he's got to start playing like them instead of trying to just you know, think he could talk his way into being an all-pro. Uh, speaking of future all-pros, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are hoping that that will be the case for uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, took him, you know, uh, with the number one overall pick. They added the receiver uh, early on in the draft as well. So have at it. Talk about Cincinnati uh, and uh their outlook for the upcoming season. Yeah, so, you know, this is a team that's struggled in a lot of ways over the last few decades. Questionable decisions left and right. You know, Andy Dalton leaves, you know, they drop him before he gets the opportunity to back up uh, Joe Burrow. Um, He goes to Dallas, and, um, you know, Andy Andy Dalton won a lot of games for Cincinnati. um, And the last 18, a year and a half, he had no A.J. Green. It was tough to be successful. But the Joe Burrow era has started, uh, you know, these guys get the benefit of basically having two first-round picks um, as well because Jonah Williams, the talented offensive lineman, w- missed the entire year. He got hurt in training camp last year, so he'll be back as well. Uh, and then in the top of the uh, of top of round two, they took T. Higgins uh, at the wide receiver spot who will certainly add some depth, and hopefully a healthy A.J. Green can help mentor that player, uh, you know, we know, we know Tyler Boyd is a solid, solid receiver. John Ross has been a disappointment there. He was not tended his fifth-year option. So, look, I'm excited, actually, what I see in Cincinnati. I, I really am excited. I think I, I should mention Joe Mixon. You know, Joe Mixon, he's going to have some contract stuff to iron out. If you looked at what he did in the second half of last year, first half of the season, eight games, 300 yards, no touchdowns. Second half of the season, 880 yards rushing, Five touchdowns, 24 catches. The guy was dominating in the second half of the season. Granted, they were feeding him the ball more. That's a situation to watch. I think he's a stud. And I think in the beginning of last year, he didn't play that way. And he certainly came on strongly to end the season. Yeah, you know, I think the, I think, I think the Bengals organization has made some curious decisions at wide receiver, I, I'm not sure they quite know what to do with AJ Green. Uh, so just franchise the player. Um, you know, they they've made some interesting decisions. They're not quite sure if they want to move on from AJ Green or not. T Higgins is fine. He's okay. He wouldn't have been my pick to take that early. I like some other receivers, at least a handful of them, a little bit better. I had graded over T Higgins, but that that that's a fine pick. He could help burrow out in, in different ways. Um, and and the and the other receiving core. You know, I, I just don't know. It's like a, a group of guys that have been hurt, haven't lived out the potential. Tyler Boyd is the steady guy in that group. Um, so we'll see how it goes with Cincinnati. But um, it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take a little time. And as long as you know the coaching staff remains intact and they could groom Joe Burrow, that's what a young quarterback needs. It doesn't need changing offensive coordinators, changing head coaches, because the team you need some consistency around him. And as long as they you know they're able to do that and be patient with him. Um, 
I like him. He's cool and calm under pressure. He has a great feel for the pocket. He can even get away and, and run for some first downs with you when you need him. So uh, we'll see. The Bengals have uh, a long way to go, but uh, hopefully they're patient with uh, with the young players. And uh, we're going to move last, but certainly not least, to to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who were the top seed in the AFC last year, uh, got a, had a disappointing playoff loss to the Titans. Um, they had another strong draft, and if you combine a strong draft with a strong existing roster, that's kind of going to put you in a powerful position next year. So go ahead, have at it. Tell us what you think about the Ravens for the upcoming season uh, in terms of uh, fantasy uh, prospects. Yeah, we talked about this pre-draft. You know, that to come into this draft with the amount of selections that they had given the team that they were coming back with, wow, pretty scary. And, uh, you know, Eric DaCosta did another phenomenal job. He found value all over the place in this draft. You know, we'll talk more about the defense. It's a better defense after this, but it's a better offense too. And I know you'll talk a little bit about, about your views on what this could potentially mean for, for Lamar Jackson, who had, you know, an unbelievable historic season and, and an MVP season on top of it. But, you know, this is a running back core that's gotten even more dynamic. Um, Ingram is a great leader back there. He's, a, he's, a, he's really a team guy. It was a terrific signing last year. And, you know, they had Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State with their first pick. You know, I thought someone at the Dolphins probably should have had the, the on their roster. But, you know, the Baltimore Ravens have him. You know, now they have four running backs with all very different skill sets. This is the number one rushing team in the NFL. It should be the number one rushing team in the NFL again coming forward. And they did some really good things at receiver. I was screaming for the Green Bay Packers to take uh, uh, Devin DuVernay from, from Texas. The, the Ravens took him. I know you really love James Prochet from SMU, and they added him. You know, Marquise Brown, tiny guy. Never, I think he had a 100-yard game in his first game, and that was it. Um, seven touchdowns, though, a couple of big plays, but he's a diminutive player. Um, you know, they have, the, they have some guys that they drafted. Miles Boykin is still there as well. But Mark Andrews is the big guy who's going to do doing the damage on the receiving side. Last year, almost 900 yards, 10 touchdowns. There's not a lot not to be excited here. This is this offense got better after this draft. Yeah, so I saw where the, you know the GM and Harbaugh were talking about you know J.K. Dobbins and saying that they had a, you know a, a tremendous grade on him and he had to be taken in that spot and they were thrilled and I understand that but. The Ravens are looking at this from a different perspective than people, certainly like me and other people out there who are just looking at talent and skill set. J.K. Dobbins fits what the Ravens want to do like a glove. And it's a perfect pick. It's a perfect situation for him. I think that's personally going to mean less running for Lamar Jackson, which is going to be fine by their running backs. They have several of them that could do a lot of different things. So I, I think personally, from a fantasy perspective, we're going to get down to this, uh, you know, in, in detail down the road. But I, I think that they kind of want Lamar Jackson not to take so many hits and they're going to lean on that running game a little bit more. I think that, Duvernay is an interesting situation to see what they're going to do with him. When you watch Lamar Jackson throw the ball, his 
his his the plays that he's most effective at are these seam plays uh, across the middle of the field, up the middle of the field. He hits Andrews uh, well in those situations. He seems to his weakness throwing the ball seems when he's trying to throw the ball on the outside. So Duvernay has that ability to be an elite slot player. What I'm going to question and look for, and this is what people need to look for, is what they do with Hollywood Brown. Because Hollywood Brown can play that slot as well. So do they move Duvernay outside and move Hollywood Brown into that slot where he could really be much more of an impactful fantasy player than he was last year? Or do they keep him there and let Duvernay do his thing? I think the guy that ends up playing more snaps in that slot with the type of plays that Lamar Jackson feels comfortable with, that'll be the key guy uh, as far as the receiver position uh, as for, with the Ravens go. Uh, James Prochet is a, was a tremendous pick at the end. Gives them quality depth. If something were to happen to Hollywood Brown or Duvernay or Miles Boy, Boykin, keep an eye on Prochet. But the Ravens had a strong team and they had a great draft and uh boy oh boy they they look tough for the upcoming season so any other final thoughts on the ravens or anything else you wanted to add before we uh, sign off no you're getting me more excited about that team though i'm I'm, uh you know i wasn't a i wasn't a believer in lamar jackson last year didn't think he could do what he ended up doing but boy i'm a believer in that whole setup it's a really dynamic situation there Baltimore. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, fantasy impact. And this is a team to really watch. Does J.K. Dobbins get in a full-blown timeshare with Ingram? Uh, is, is do, You know, is it, if, you know, they try and uh, get uh, three running backs into the offense a little bit more this year. Is it, you know, they, they use Justice Hill a little bit more. Uh, and then at the wide receiver position, you know, who really steps up and who gets, uh, who gets, who gets that slot position, which is really coveted for Lamar Jackson wants to do when it comes to throwing the ball, Duvernay or Hollywood Brown. A lot of things to keep your eye on. Everyone hopefully is getting excited, fire it up for the upcoming season. And uh, that's it. I appreciate it for the Wiz and Guru. Uh, we'll be back uh, a little bit later on. We're going to talk about the AFC South and the AFC West. Until then, you have a great day. You too. See ya.